Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast alongside Adam Burke today. I am Tim Murray. Just some housekeeping. We will have Matt Newman's back in the saddle next Thursday as the bowl games will be ramping up. But right now, Adam and I just wanted to get together Chat a little bit about the latest on opt-outs, coaching changes, line moves as we look at the bowl games. A lot of moving pieces, a lot of people that we know, Adam, like to jump in on these bowl games very early. We talked earlier this week about maybe some games to look at, maybe some early leans, maybe an early bet or two. We'll get to Army-Navy, but uh, most importantly, I want people to know, and you were a part of this, I was reading through it this morning, the VSIN. Bowl betting guide is out and available on vcin.com slash subscribe. Yeah, very happy to be a part of that publication this year. And we'll also be doing bowl game previews over at vcin.com in advance of all 41 of the bowls. But my contribution to the College Football Bowl betting guide was talk about confidence pools. You know, a lot of people like to do those here at this time of the year. In fact, I gave my confidence picks, which I did put a disclaimer in there that, you know, I, we had to file a couple days in advance of the guide. A lot of moving parts still, of course, guys opting out, guys in the portal, stuff like that. But give you an idea of sort of my mindset for the straight up winners here. But good stuff from Josh Applebaum. Good stuff from Steve Mackinnon as well. Uh, Matt Devine does a great job putting that together. So a lot of hard work goes into that bull betting guide. And I think there's a lot of great information in it as well. And Brent. Brent had some picks in there as well. But Uncle before Brent. we get to the bowl games, there still is a main event this weekend. And let's get to it the main course all right army navy america's game a lot of trends to note and we're going to get to the total here in just a moment i said it earlier this week on uh, my show uh with uh decent prime time with sean king that i'm gonna take navy and i took them at pick earlier this week the movement has been that way obviously we're recording this on a thursday and pick doesn't exist that's not fair to you if you did not listen to you know 21 consecutive hours of VEASAN content. Uh, so for the show purposes, I will officially give out Navy on the money line. Looks like DraftKings, which is available in most jurisdictions, has the cheapest money line at minus 135. I'll just keep it brief. I am a homer. I worked on the Navy broadcast for three years. I proudly went 0-3 on those games, so sorry, Navy. 
However, I just think they're the better football team. I think they've been more tested, and I really like the way that they were playing down the stretch. Their second-to-last game of the regular season against Notre Dame. They outplayed the Irish in the second half. That game goes 62 minutes. They might win that game. Then they followed up, go on the road. UCF did have something to play for. They beat UCF in that spot, maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. Uh, I took Navy on this podcast, never thought they would win that game outright. And the defense, Adam, is the biggest thing. This is a top five rush defense. What does Army want to do? They want to run the ball. And I think defense will be on full front. I don't feel super comfortable laying the two and a half, even though it's under that key number of three. Seen a lot of movement towards Navy. The, the game of the year line at South Point back on June 3rd was Navy plus 10. So it goes to tell you Army has very much underachieved this year. And I think Navy, as the season went on, Adam, has exceeded expectations, has played well against some pretty good competition, covered against Cincinnati, beat UCF, covered against Notre Dame. So I'm going to take the mids here to win for a second consecutive year. As for you, I guess we'll start with that. Any side that intrigues you in this one? Well, I'm going to throw myself a shameless plug first. I'm doing a college basketball daily article over vcin.com. One of the things I've been looking at early on in the season here, how teams have performed from a win-loss standpoint and an ATS standpoint relative to their strength of schedule. Army has played the 126th ranked schedule in the country, according to Jeff Sagarin here this college football season. Navy's played the 61st ranked schedule. And Army, 5-6. and six. You know, So they played a weak schedule. They have not performed well against it. And for Navy hung right in there on the road at SMU, played pretty well in the game on the road at Cincinnati. They only lost that by 10. That was pretty even from a yardage standpoint, despite, of course, you know, Navy being a team that runs the ball a ton. The Notre Dame game you referenced on that win over UCF, Navy's played really well here in the second half of the season, I think, and they've played a much, much tougher schedule. And I think it's very important, and this is something we can kind of segue into talking about when it comes to the bowl games as well. You want to look at strength of schedule and see how these teams performed and see you know what they're going up against here late in the year. And for Navy, much better strength of schedule. Yeah, they went four and seven, one fewer win than Army has so far, but played a much, much tougher slate of opponents. So I agree with the line move here in this game. I had it Navy minus two. Um, shame on me. I didn't bet it. But at this point, still below a field goal. I think I would have to take the Navy side. I don't have any interest in Army in this game. Yeah, and uh, once again, I think Navy's playing better. I would feel much more comfortable if Ty Lavatai was still their starting quarterback. He gets injured. However, Xavier Arline has played well. Uh, the fullback, Fontana, has played really well, and that's when the vintage Navy teams you think of in years past, yes, they had Keenan Reynolds, they had Malcolm Perry, uh, even Will Worth. Um, but they had really strong fullback play, so they seem to be figuring things out very strong defensively. Final thought on this game, everyone wants to talk when it's Army-Navy, talk the total. The stats are what they are. The trends are what they are. 16 consecutive games in this rivalry to the under, and our friends at South Point, as of time of record, have the lowest total on the board sitting there at 32. It has moved down 32 and a half. Uh, what are some of the trends, Adam, people should know about, whether it be Army-Navy or just armed service games uh, in general? So generally speaking, I'm not a big trends guy, but when you talk about the service academy games, there's definitely something to this. Obviously, we know they all run the triple option. They all face it in practice every day. A lot of familiarity. There's not a whole lot of wrinkles that you don't see. John Ewing from BetMGM, he does PR for them over there. Since 2005, the under in-service academy games, so Army, Navy, Army, Air Force, and Air Force, Navy, 43-9-1 to the under. That's 83%. But as Brad Powers noted, quote tweeting that, of those 53 games, 34 of them would have gone over the 32 and a half that's out there for this Army, Navy game. And Brad also mentions, good friend of the show, of course, regular guest on, on Visa in primetime, the total of 32 and a half here is the lowest in any service academy game since 2005. So yeah, the under has done very well in this series, 16 in a row. But as Brad mentions, based on this total of 33, it would be actually 8, 7, and 1 to the over. It would have pushed last year, uh, or no, it would have went over actually. So 9 and 7 to the over at 32 and a half. So if you think you're getting some grand value because this has gone under 16 times in a row, you're not. The books have adjusted. They are not posting a total in the 40s for this game anymore like they did for so long, or even the 50s. And I'll just echo what Brad Powers said on our show, Vison Primetime, earlier this week. He said, if it gets to 31, 
he will play the over. I'm just relaying what he said on our show. No play on the total for me. I totally understand why people will look towards the under. We've seen some very low-scoring games uh, in recent years. Uh, these aren't vintage offenses, that is for sure. But uh, for me, I'm rolling with the mids. I think they win this game. I think they make it two in a row. And uh, final thought on this game from me. In years past, because Navy is in the American Athletic Conference and Army is independent, Army has set their schedule up where they are off the weekend after Thanksgiving, then championship weekend, and then they play Navy. So two consecutive weeks off. Navy's schedule this year actually corresponds, and they were off as well. So Navy has the same rest slash prep time as Army. So no rest advantage in this game for the Black Knights. So uh, give me the mids. Uh, whatever the shortest money line you can find, roll that way. All right. That is in the rear view, Adam. First bowl game is a week from Friday. We will have two bowl games on that day. And I want to try as quickly as possible to roll through maybe every bowl game and just update the people on potential opt-outs or opt-outs, transfer portal, coaching changes, etc. So I'll run through the games. We can kind of hit on different things. Miami versus UAB. That would be Miami of Oxford, Ohio, not the Miami and Coral Gables. Right now, consensus 10-point underdog to UAB. This game played in the Bahamas. Uh, from, from my gathering, no opt-outs from either side. Not Nothing to note in the transfer portal. Only thing of note, Trent Dilfer was hired by UAB, and the players seem to be upset by that hiring as Bryant Vincent, the interim coach and offensive coordinator, did not get the job. So maybe UAB is motivated. Final game under... Uh, Bryant Vincent, um, and uh, that is UAB right now laying 10, nine and a half as of time I record against uh, at Circa here um, on uh, on f next Friday. Yeah, that's been a real tight-knit family, that UAB football program with Bill Clark, you know, obviously navigating the team through two years of not having football, through the rebirth of the program, how good they've been. You know, there's uh, definitely a lot of loyalty there. I feel like, and, and for Bryant Vincent to not get that job, certainly understandable that the players are upset. Uh, Trent Dilfer, an interesting hire, to say the least, something we can talk about going into next season. But yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is important to point out here really quickly, because this will kind of be a theme as, as we go forward through some of these bowl games, the Mac is terrible in bowl season. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they are really, really, really bad. So this line being double digits, probably not that big of a surprise, but you'll see a lot of people fading the Mac throughout the bowl season. Uh, Brett Gabbard did go into the transfer portal. So he is, I believe he was banged up though. So I don't think that really affects anything there. Uh, Chuck Martin, for for what it's worth, is uh, undefeated ATS in bowl games. One of the best bowl games of the bowl season comes very early. And uh, I'm a little bummed that it's, you know, three o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific on next Friday, but it's a great game. It's in Orlando, the Cure Bowl. Our colleague Stormy Bonatoni will be on the sidelines. A little shout out to her. Uh, she'll do a phenomenal job in getting a top 25 matchup. Troy against UTSA. Of note, Frank Harris, their quarterback of UTSA, said, I'm coming back. So that is uh, maybe going to rally the troops a little bit there. Uh, as for Troy, no opt-outs, no portal to note. Troy coming off of the CUSA title domination of Grayson McCall and Coastal Carolina. So as of right now, nothing to note, uh, whether he portal or opt-outs. And this game is lined to pick. And I'll be honest, maybe I'll change my mind come next week. I'm just excited to watch it. And I have no play right now, but nothing to note when it comes to opt-outs. Two really, really good head coaches in this game with Jeff Trailer and John Summerall. First year for John Summerall at Troy, uh, really strong. Like I talked about on, on Monday's show, he'll get a Power 5 job or at least a higher-ranking Group of 5 job here probably after next season. But real quick, UTSA, 0-3 in bowl games. They lost by 14 last year to San Diego State in the Frisco Bowl, lost in 2020 to Louisiana in the First Responder Bowl, and then lost in the New Mexico Bowl on 2016. So, you know, you talk about a team that has never won a bowl game before. You talk about bowl motivation. Obviously, both teams will have it in a top 25 matchup. But for UTSA, maybe a little bit higher of a sense of urgency. UTSA's offensive coordinator, to note, is leaving to go to Oregon. I do not know. I imagine he's not coordinating here. I don't know for sure. Uh, but I would say speculation may have been Frank Harris would leave or go pro. 
because it will be a six-year. He will be coming back, so I think that is big. To Saturday, and we'll try to roll through these maybe a little little quicker. Uh, Fenway Bowl, Saturday, December 17th. This matchup is hilarious because Louisville's head coach, Scott Satterfield, left to go to Cincinnati to replace Luke Fickle. So neither team will have a head coach in this game. There are some transfer portal notes uh, in this one. We don't know whether or not Malik Cunningham will play in this game. Uh, I believe some running backs for Louisville, Cooley and Mitchell have hit the portal. Uh, Some portal news for Cincinnati as well. So Kerry Coombs is, by the way, going to serve as the interim head coach for Cincinnati. You might recall Kerry Coombs losing his play-calling duties last year for your Ohio State Buckeyes. So I don't know what the hell to do with this game at Fenway Park other than sit there and laugh and think about just the bizarre nature uh, of this game with both head coaches being gone and one heading to the other. Yeah, real bizarre for sure. And these two cities, of course, very close. So, you know, there's some recruiting implications here. Something of a rivalry, I guess you could say, at least from a geographic standpoint. But I have no idea what to do with this game. The only thing I know... Kerry Coombs is extremely high strung, I guess we'll say. Uh, So I'm sure his pregame speech will be rather interesting for Cincinnati. Florida, Oregon State. This game, note the time change, was supposed to be primetime on ABC and instead will be 2.30 Eastern on ESPN. Florida, plenty of opt-outs. Oregon State seems fired up and ready to play this game. Oregon State has not won a bowl game since the 2013 Hawaii Bowl. Uh, from my understanding, from my looks, it doesn't look like anyone from Oregon State is uh, is hitting the portal or is going to be out for this game. Um, I guess Chance Nolan, but he had lost his starting job anyways. Um, Florida, whole lot going on there. Their starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson, opted out. He's headed pro. Uh, All-conference guard, Osiris Terrence, uh, he has opted out. Ventral Miller, linebacker, opted out. Wide receiver Justin Shorter, opted out. Bunch of guys hitting the portal. Uh, so we will see. Florida kind of whimpered into the close of the season, lost to Vanderbilt. Uh, really good game against Florida State, but lost that game as well. It's year one for Billy Napier. Uh, if you're wondering who will be the starting quarterback, it will be Jack Miller the third, a redshirt freshman who took, I think, through 14 passes at Ohio State in mop-up duty, what, a year ago? So that is who the starter will be. There's a reason this game is up to 11. And I would say, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but if you're doing one of those confidence pools, Oregon State should be at or either number one or top five most confident plays. Oregon State, I would be stunned if they lose to Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with everything that you said. For what it's worth in the bull betting guide, uh, that was a top five play for me in terms of my confidence pool. Uh, trailing only Florida State, Oregon, and Utah, actually, because I really like Utah and the Rose Bowl. But, yeah, that was the top one for me. Real quick, I want to mention, circling back to Cincinnati-Louisville, I know yeah, we're, yeah. we're trying to fly through these, but I remember if you said it on the show or you said it after the show. Jeff but Brom. props to you, Jeff Brom, you know, going to Louisville. Finally the time where Jeff Brom decided, okay, I'm going to go to Louisville now. Yeah, uh, that was a, a fortunate call by me, and then uh, our friend Brad Powers came on the show later that night, my show, and said his best bet was LSU because he felt like Jeff Brom was leaving, and sure enough, he was uh, he was absolutely right. Fresno State, Washington State. This is also uh, a Saturday, December 17th, L.A. Bowl. Uh, some transfer portal n- nuggets for Washington State. Uh, two of their top wide receivers, uh, Deshaun Stribling and Donovan Ali, both are in the portal. Uh, combined, they had 94 catches for uh, over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Also, I'm going to butcher his last name, Francisco Magova is uh, in the portal as well. Three and a half sacks, had a pick six against Oregon, and their defensive coordinator, Brian Ward, has left for Arizona State. We've seen a flip of favorites here. Washington State opened a favorite. Fresno is now a short favorite. Um, I I could see myself betting Fresno State. Uh, I think they'll be really motivated. It'll be the final game for Jake Hayner, and uh, we saw that against Boise State. I thought they played really well, Um, and I could see myself being on Fresno, but uh, as of right now, nothing to note, at least I haven't seen, on Fresno having opt-outs. Yeah, I mean, Jake Hayner is his last college game with Fresno State. He will play in the Senior Bowl, so obviously a lot of incentive for him in this game, and then, of course, in the Senior Bowl and through through that process for him as well. 
Um, the, the one thing that I'm kind of intrigued about here, Jake Dickert for Washington State, really surprising hire coming into this season. That you know the, the team was very fired up when they announced that he was going to be the head coach, but you do wonder about him here with a little bit of extra prep time. Is he going to be you know, over his skis a little bit uh, with, you know, a pretty good guy in Jeff Tedford on the other side? Yeah, and last year, remember, they played, Washington State played in the Sun Bowl and was beaten by Central Michigan as a pretty significant favorite not in a that great game. Look. No, not at all. As you mentioned, the MAC usually not very good in bowl games. BYU, SMU, this is the New Mexico Bowl. Um, one thing to keep an eye on, I guess, here, Jaron Hall, I think, was banged up against Stanford. Um, so I, I would imagine BYU actually played a little bit better down the stretch. They had that win on the road at Boise. Um, as of uh, from from what I gather, not many portal related situations here. I would just keep an eye on this, the health of the BYU quarterback. Yeah, the only thing of note, BYU did make their defensive coordinator hire. They hired head coach Jay Hill from Weber State. Uh, so you know, they get a pretty solid FCS programs head coach to come over and be their defensive coordinator. So Sure, he won't have too much of a hand in the bowl prep, but just something for you to file away for next year with the Cougars. All right. Also on December 17th, as we try to go through all of these bowl games and give you just kind of updated nuggets, Rice and Southern Miss, the Lending Tree Bowl. Um, I could see myself on Southern Miss here, especially in those confidence plays. I think Southern Miss is maybe worth a look. I know that you haven't been high on Southern Miss, but proximity to, you know, Hattiesburg. This game is in Mobile. Uh, from all accounts, things that I've read, they're very excited to be playing in this bowl game. An opportunity, I think, the first time in a while for Southern Miss to win a bowl. Rice really limped in. Remember, Rice is the only 5-7 and seven team in bowl season. They get in thanks to their APR. So, uh, it would be Southern Miss or pass, but once again, when it comes to portal news, uh, nothing I've seen of note between either one of these teams. Yeah, last bowl win for Southern Miss, 2016, and they don't have a whole lot of success in bowl games overall, but, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, Rice is a team that started out pretty well this year and just really tailed off. I think they had some injuries at the quarterback position. Southern Miss did too, but uh, there's a reason why this line is moving. And, and again, I think it's really important real quick to mention that, you know, when you talk about line moves in these bowl games with teams that, you know, the public doesn't generally know very sharp in nature, especially taking place early on in the bowl prep season. So that's something for you to file away. If you see a pretty significant, not that this has been a huge line move by any means, but you know, Southern Miss inching up towards a touchdown, pretty sharp in nature. Well, a game that has seen a big line move on December 17th, it'll be the nightcap of December 17th, that first Saturday of bowl season. Biggest move of course was Florida, Oregon State, you're looking at 11s pretty much across the board. Uh, North Texas is now an 11 or 10-point underdog to Boise State. North Texas made the Conference USA Championship and then promptly fired their head coach, Seth Luttrell. Okie dokie. Uh, so they'll be without their head coach. Boise State was playing actually pretty good football. They went undefeated in the regular season in the Mountain West after making their change uh, at the offensive coordinator position um you know we talked about Boise last week we liked them I, I like Fresno but I, I like the way Boise had played as the year had gone on Dirk Cutter stepping in as the offensive coordinator I would say this should be another one high on your bowl um confidence picks on Boise State this line move indicating it I don't know what North Texas's mindset is after their head coach got fired the only thing working I guess in their favor is the fact that this game is proximity-wise, relatively close to Denton, Texas. Yeah, Phil Bennett, the defensive coordinator, will be the interim head coach here for North Texas in this game. He was the interim head coach back in the 2011 Compass Bowl when he was with Pitt. They won that game 27-10. So, you know, that is an article that I've written in the past before. Maybe I'll rekindle it over vsin.com here. But um, interim head coaches, there's not really anything to do. It's just a case-by-case -case basis. You can't blindly bet anything. It's really a 50-50 proposition both straight up against the spread and also with the total, usually the over-under pretty close to even in those interim coach situations. All right, uh, we go to Monday, December 19th, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and that is UConn. Shouts to the Huskies. Six and six, Jim Mora Jr. did a phenomenal job with the Huskies. How is he not up for coach of the year? I do not know. Uh, it is ridiculous uh and yeah, that's Kirby smart with the greatest team on the planet yeah. is up for coach of the year I mean what was their win total 11 yeah and UConn wins six games they they should solely base these off of preseason win totals uh but Jim Mora maybe he's fired up to get snubbed uh for coach of the year Marshall and 
UConn here. UConn's a bet on team, uh, certainly all year, very pretty strong against the uh, against the spread. I believe one of their running backs, Nathan Carter, has entered the portal. Um, so something uh, of note there. But uh, once again, you know, you look at these G5 schools, most of them are going to be pretty fully stocked. Uh, Nathan Carter, who hit the portal, 405 rushing yards, but uh, did not play since you know September. So I think you know dealing with an injury or whatever. Um, so you're looking at a line open 10, got to 11. That's where it sits right now at circa 10s everywhere else. Uh, once again, this is more so kind of an informational uh, breakdown of these games. So from what I've gathered, nothing of note for UConn or Marshall, at least when it comes to opt outs. No, for Marshall, this will be the second bowl game for Charles Huff last year lost 36 21 to Louisiana as a six point dog but they got outgained by 210 yards in that game so 220 yards actually so not a great look for Charles Huff in his first bowl game and obviously Jim Mora Jr. doing a phenomenal job at UConn this line has has come down a decent amount it's kind of hovering around 10 but I think that UConn is probably the play here as we'll get deeper into next week All right, Tuesday, December 20th, I'll be on hand on the sidelines for this game, San Jose State and Eastern Michigan. Seen a little bit of movement towards Eastern Michigan as the dog here. This game will be taking place at in Boise, Idaho, uh, at Albertson Stadium, where Boise State plays their game. So pretty much three and a half across the board. Uh, Something you mentioned on Monday's pod to keep an eye on, Brett Brennan, the head coach of San Jose State, would he be up for the Stanford job? It looks like if he was, he's been eliminated. It seems like it's down to Sacramento State's head coach or <laughs> Jason Garrett. So uh, good luck, Stanford Cardinal. Um, but as of you know, record right now, Stanford or excuse me, San Jose State in Eastern Michigan uh, looks like nothing really to note when it comes to opt-outs or portal situations, at least from what I've seen. So I'd pay real close attention here because there are some smart people out there that cover the college football landscape from a coaching standpoint and they think that eastern michigan head coach chris creighton makes a lot of sense at purdue he's an indiana native i've seen his name thrown around i haven't seen him directly linked to the job or have it leaked that purdue is talking to him but he's done some really good things with an eastern michigan program that was really awful for a long period of time so keep a close eye on this one wouldn't shock me if creighton the head coach of eastern michigan gets linked to purdue very soon and maybe even gets offered the job before the bowl game. That game is December 20th. He's done a phenomenal job there at the factory that is uh, Ypsilanti and Eastern Michigan. So uh, keep an eye on that. So good little nugget there. Still on Tuesday, December 20th, the Boca Raton Bowl at Florida Atlantic Stadium. Now this one, keep <laughs> there's been a lot of line move and, reason, and good reason why. It is Liberty and Toledo. Liberty disgraceful down the stretch uh they had their fans chanting to hugh freeze to take the auburn job in their uh finale against new mexico state toledo on the other hand won the mac uh and uh, that was a good win there for the Rockets. sharp money that came in on toledo we gave it out here on the podcast uh last thursday so a nice winner for the rockets and uh, you look at Injuries, there's a plenty for Liberty at the quarterback position. Motivation, is there any for Liberty? Uh, They get a good coach in Jamie Chadwell. As for Toledo, uh, Daquan Finn has been consistently injured. Uh, Jason Candle has not been a great bowl coach, but I don't believe much uh, in the portal for Toledo that I've been able to gather. Looks like uh, maybe... Uh, offensive lineman for Toledo, Lavelle Dumont could be in there uh, that I see. But other than that, nothing that I've noted uh, when it comes to Toledo. No, and it's possible that maybe Jason Candle gets kind of linked to that Purdue job. I think they'd rather go the Creighton route personally. But the other thing here is, you know, it's not even just Hugh Freeze that's gone for Liberty. It's also their defensive line coach, Jeremy Garrett, and their tight ends coach. I'm not going to butcher his name, but You know, you got cluster losses in terms of coaching for Liberty, a team that, as you mentioned, looked completely disinterested down the stretch. If you lose 49-14 to New Mexico State at home, I'm not betting on you in a bowl game. Yeah, I don't don't know how. I don't think there's a number I'd take Liberty at. I don't know how motivated they're going to be. So we'll keep an eye on Toledo. You know, for Toledo, 
And this is no knock on some of the other Mac destinations, but you get to go to Florida. I mean, that's a pretty good, hey, you won the Mac, and now you get to go down to Florida and uh, enjoy yourself down there in Boca Raton. So a uh, good spot, night game. So I think Toledo should be motivated. Uh, we'll just see about the health of their quarterback. Toledo hasn't won a bowl game since 2015. By the way, it was the Boca Raton Bowl against Temple. There you go. So they've lost four straight in the meantime. All right, Wednesday, December 21st. Once again, a lot of these G5 games not a ton going on. We have seen a bunch of movement here. There's a ton going on with this game. This game. South Alabama is now laying eight against Western Kentucky. The floor is yours, sir. This is the New Orleans Bowl. It'll be happening at 9 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday, December 1st. Why is South Alabama an eight-point favorite? You know, and Western Kentucky was really good this year, by the way. Six and two in conference play, eight and five overall. Huge point differential for them. But in this bowl game, they're missing quarterback Austin Reed. Threw for 4,247 yards, 36 touchdowns, against 11 interceptions, sacked 11 times. The other quarterbacks on this team, Darius Ocean and Caden Veltkamp, 16 combined pass attempts in the regular season. So Austin Reed did pretty much everything for this passing game. He is in the transfer portal where he'll, he'll wind up at a really good destination, I think, but he will not be in this bowl game for Western Kentucky, which is why this line skyrocketed. How high do you have South Alabama in your confidence pool? Because South Alabama, in addition to the fact that Western Kentucky doesn't have their quarterback, remember last year, Bailey Zappi played in the bowl game and lit it up. South Alabama has never won a bowl game. They haven't been to a bowl game in six years, and they have never won a bowl game. So 0-2 heading into this, where are they on this spot? Uh, out of the 41 bowl games, I have a confidence score of 33 on pretty South high. Alabama, which is pretty high. Could certainly be higher, but I think Western Kentucky, pretty well-coached team, and it's a difficult scheme to play against. So I don't know. I just I just don't know if the backup quarterbacks have enough talent here to, to get over the hump. Once again, that line sitting now at eight, uh, depending on seeing so you know, us see where, where the lowest it opened. It looks like DraftKings opened this game three and a half, and then when the news came out, went to Eight. All also, right. huge adjustment on the total with Austin Reed transferring out. That total moved down six and a half points as well. Yep. So big, big note there in that one. If you're kind of getting into those confidence or pool picks, whatever it may be. That's the only game on Wednesday, December 21st to Thursday, December 22nd. Also only one game, 730 Eastern. This game taking place in Fort Worth, Texas. You got Air Force and Baylor. Baylor uh, has seen a little money go against it as the number is down to six. You can still find some six and a halfs out there. I took a little slice on Air Force plus seven. Just backing a military academy in a bowl game is, is never a bad uh, deal, especially uh, with, uh, with them catching a, a touchdown. Um, as for opt-outs uh, in this one, Air Force, you're not going to get any opt-outs. We've got some portal news on Baylor doesn't look like anything necessarily of note motivation got to imagine Baylor off a big 12 championship and a sugar bowl now have to play the triple I would think the motivation might be on the other sideline with Air Force not only that Baylor fired their defensive coordinator about a week ago and also fired their safeties coach and when you think about trying to defend the triple option the safeties are critically important and Dave Aranda is a very smart defensive mind but You've got some uh, yeah, changing of the guard there on defense for the Bears, which is never a good thing when you've got to be super gap responsible going up against an Air Force team. All right. Other game uh, as we move ahead. December 23rd, the Independence Bowl, the site of one of my favorite bowl fades of all time when Miami had to go there and play Louisiana Tech and scored zero points under uh, Manny Diaz. That was wonderful. Day after Christmas. This one, December 23rd, this one at 3 o'clock Eastern Houston, Dana Holgerson, by the way, historically awful in bowl games, taking on UL Lafayette. Uh, I guess the final game of the Houston era as a G5 program. I don't know how they're motivated in this game, but uh, as for portal situations, it, it once again looks pretty clean right now. Uh, I know Louisiana's quarterback is, was done for the year, I think, one or two games prior, Ben Wooldridge. So uh, he is out. But uh, as of right now, no portaling. And uh, Louisiana does uh, does not lose their head coach like they did last year. Yeah, and last year, Michael DeSarmo was the interim head coach for the bowl game, the New Orleans Bowl, where they did beat Marshall 36-21. And as I mentioned, really badly outgained the Thundering Herd. Louisiana had almost 500 yards 
of offense in that game, had the ball for 37 and a half minutes. Uh, DeSormo, you know, a guy that played at Louisiana, pretty decent first year with some ups and downs, obviously had a great team last year in the bowl game. Uh, I, I definitely give a little bit of an edge here, I think, to Louisiana, at least in terms of motivation. But we have seen this line go against the Raging Cajuns, moving up a little bit to six and a half. Also on the 23rd, the Gasparilla Bowl, this one in Tampa, Wake Forest taking on Missouri. Uh, at As of right now, it is uh, Missouri at a pick. So we've seen, um, well, a pick here at Circa. There's some Wake Forest numbers out there as well. Uh, Adam, markets moving in favor of Missouri here. Uh, Sam Hartman, kind of a bizarre quote from his coach. It was, yeah, I think he's going pro but he might get an NIL deal somewhere else. And if he does, I was like, okay, what? I don't know what's going on. Missouri's also losing their starting, uh, their top wide receiver. He is already in the portal. Love it. Uh, he, you know, had 846 receiving yards this year. Um, I don't know if Wake Forest is motivated for kind of a random before Christmas bowl game. Uh, the line move would indicate that Missouri seems to be the, uh, the right side here, uh, just based off of the market right now. Yeah, and I can't argue with that. I mean, I Wake Forest has been a really disappointing team, I think, throughout most of the season. There's just this didn't seem like things came together for them. And also for Missouri, they haven't won a bowl game since 2014 when Gary Pinkle was the head coach. That was a citrus bowl. They've lost three since then, including 24-22 loss to Army, where I believe Army kicked a game-winning field goal right at the end against them last year. So definite motivation on the Missouri side. We don't know about that for Wake Forest. All right. Um, Christmas Eve, a tradition unlike any other. Please don't sue me, Jim Nance. The Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve, Middle Tennessee against San Diego State. Market has moved significantly in the favor in the side of San Diego State here. Uh, San Diego State, a team that, you know, ended the year rather strong. So uh, agree with the market move here. Once again, opt outs, transfer portal news. Uh, nothing really of note. So it seems like just sharp money coming in on San Diego State. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, one of the things I think we'll talk about more next week is San Diego State goes to Hawaii every other year. You know, does Middle Tennessee State, are they focused? Are they motivated? Do they treat this like a bowl game they want to win? Or do they treat this like a vacation at the end of a long season? I don't know, but it certainly appears that the market likes San Diego State in this game. And honestly, um, you know, their offense, they, they've gotten a lot better quarterback play. Maiden, I believe is his name. Jaden yeah. Maiden, something yeah. like that. Um, you know, they've gotten a lot better quarterback play from him uh, over the last several weeks. Yeah, San Diego State uh, was a bit of a bet-on team down the stretch. And I'll, I'll, I'll have a bet some way or another on this game. You cannot, in my opinion have no action on christmas eve uh there I mean, and it's also in hawaii yeah like, you know a good old chase game on christmas eve jalen maiden as you Jaylen mentioned now they're unfortunately the nfl kind of dampers it because they've got games on christmas eve this year too but the real game and i know matt humans uh, is a big believer in it is on christmas eve out there in hawaii so no games on christmas shouts to the aloha bowl used to love that game what was it the uh Teams that didn't make the bowl. It was like an all-star game on uh, on, on, on Christmas Day. Uh, we go to the Quick Lane Bowl. Only game on Monday. Man, you know, I love Bowling Green. Thank you for cashing my over ticket. Uh, this, is a, this is a true testament to degenerates, uh, degenerates out there. Bowling Green in New Mexico State. Gotta love it. Uh, market has moved towards Bowling Green. Uh, this game looks like it opened New Mexico State at some spots as a Slight favorite. It's moved to Bowling Green. Uh, Bowling Green getting to a bowl was quite the accomplishment this year. Their win total was sitting at three and a half. Obviously, New Mexico State got a waiver to get to a bowl game. They wrapped up the regular season with a thumping over FCS Valparaiso. Opt-outs, I don't think you got anything in these games. So, <laughs> once again, if you want to rock and roll with this game, best of luck. But when it comes to opt-outs, nothing to note. 2014, the last time Bowling Green won a bowl game. In fact, they have one bowl win since the GMAC Bowl in 2004. And obviously for New Mexico State, I mean, they don't go to bowl games. So plenty of motivation uh, on the side of the Aggies here. Plenty of motivation on the side of the Falcons. That's good. At least you know that both teams are going to show up here. Uh, Doug Martin in 2017 won a bowl game for the Aggies. First time they were in a bowl since 1960. But Jerry Kill is 0-5 in bowl games in his head coaching career. Two of them... Uh, coming at Northern Illinois, three of them coming at Minnesota. So I I have no idea. what I, I don't even know if I'm going to bet this game. But uh, plenty of 
plenty of futility for both of these teams, I guess. So one of them is going to have to win this one. All right, we're starting to get to some games with actual opt-outs now with uh, 35 minutes into this podcast. Uh, Georgia Southern and Buffalo, not going to be one of them. Uh, this is the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. The New- Kyle Van Trees Bowl. The I Kyle- love when you said that the other day. The, re- the revenge game. Kyle Van Trees, now the quarterback of Georgia Southern. Um, I'm going to run through these four games, and then you you lay them out. Uh, Utah State, Memphis. I think I saw one of Memphis's defensive linemen is is coming is gone. Uh, Ryan Silverfield will return, uh, so that's something to keep in note. Market has actually moved against uh, the Tigers of Memphis here just a little bit. Uh, this game opened north of a touchdown, pretty much around a touchdown. Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. Market has moved significantly against Coastal Carolina here. Why? Jamie Chadwell is gone, and I would imagine that uh, you are not going to see Grayson McCall. Not for sure, but I would be rather surprised if we saw Grayson McCall playing in this game uh, for Coastal Carolina. Uh, Tim Beck, yikes, was their hire for uh, head coach, and uh, East Carolina is a team uh, that is that has been pretty, I think reliable in these in these types of spots we do have a late night game which i'm actually going to hold to the side here for a moment so of those three games what to note of those three bowl games on december 27th yeah i think that's the biggest one is is grayson mccall going to play and and i doubt it and you know i mean look also coastal carolina without jamie chadwell now that's definitely a problem for them that's about it that's about all i have to say about about those bowl games i just there's there's just not a whole lot of strong angles, I think, in those Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. This is the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix. This will be late night, December 27th. Another shout out, Stormy, on the sidelines of this one. Uh, Wisconsin, of course, coaching change midseason. Jim Leonard will not be on the staff, but will coach this bowl game, which I think is very important to note. And then. I don't know what the hell is going on with Oklahoma State right now. Everybody seems to be hitting the portal, including Spencer Sanders, their quarterback, their top running back, uh, Dominic Richardson. Um, Mike Gundy historically has fared very well in bowl games. He did come back. Oklahoma State did and cover last year against Notre Dame. Uh, Graham Mertz is out. He is transferring out for Wisconsin, so questions there. Uh, Braylon Allen said, I'm playing, you know, next year. So I would assume he's playing in this bowl game. The market is kind of confused on this game, but I think the lean for me would be Wisconsin. I think they're going to want to play well for Jim Leonard in his final game. I think so too, but it is strange that, you know, Spencer Sanders is gone and, and, you know, that's a guy that meant so much to the line. I felt like, Mm -hmm. you know, when he was banged up, if he played, if he didn't play, we saw some significant swings on Oklahoma state throughout his career. It's weird to me that this line is is only sitting here at three. I think that's really, really strange. By the way, one thing to mention real quick about one of the previous games we talked about, the Birmingham Bowl. Remember, East Carolina had their bowl game canceled against Boston College last year, and it was their first bowl game since 2015. So East Carolina Ooh, very motivated like that angle. To, uh, to go against a coastal team here that's definitely going to be playing shorthanded for sure. Would have much preferred to get the seven that opened yes. uh, in that game, now sitting at 11. December 28th. Military Bowl, my old neck of the woods, Annapolis, Maryland, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Um, I think Duke's going to be motivated for this game, and I think the market's telling you that. Uh, Flip of favorites here. Duke uh, is now a two-point favorite at Circa, one point elsewhere. Uh, I would look towards the Blue Devils. You've been seeing the movement there. First year of head coach Mike Elko. As for opt-out situations in this game, uh, nothing on the Duke end, and a bunch of guys hitting the portal for Central Florida. Uh, John Reese Plumley has consistently been hurt, so what are we going to see from there? But uh, I think motivation-wise, I would look at the Blue Devils here. Yeah, a lot of motivation for Duke. Mike Elko with extra time I think is really interesting. Uh, first bowl game outside of Florida for UCF, interestingly enough, since the Fiesta Bowl when they lost to LSU in Glendale back in the 2018 season. Uh, but last year, UCF played Florida. So you get one of those little brother, big brother types of games. Very invested in that one. Not so sure that'll be the case here for the for the Golden Knights. This next bowl game, very interesting and has plenty of opt-outs to note. Arkansas is a three-point favorite at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, and they're playing Kansas. K.J. Jefferson is coming back, so he's going to play. Drew Sanders, linebacker, has uh, said he's headed to the pros. Bumper Poole headed to the pros. Jaden Hazelwood 
headed to the pros. A couple other guys have hit the portal there for Arkansas. So you do have your quarterback returning, but you also have lost your defensive coordinator. Barry Odom uh, accepted the job here in Las Vegas with UNLV. And you've got Kansas playing in a bowl game. And, you know, one of my best bets a couple weeks ago or however many weeks ago was the opportunity for Kansas to get that sixth win, to get to bowl eligibility. Obviously, they limped a little bit. They haven't been to a bowl game in 14 years. Lance Leipold's not going anywhere. I think you get much motivated Kansas, and that's why you're looking at a line move in addition to the opt-outs. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, Arkansas last year, they went to a bowl for the first time since 2016, won the Outback Bowl against Penn State 24 to 10. So maybe not as much excitement for the program here for them going into this bowl game. But obviously for Kansas, as you mentioned, tons of excitement. I'm really surprised that Leipold's staying. Good for him. Good for them. Good for the program. Nebraska and Wisconsin got better coaches, in my opinion. Yeah, and apparently, too, you know, they're uh, they're putting a lot of money into the program. They're building some new facilities and stuff like that. So. A lot of excitement around that Kansas program. And you would think with a little bit of extra time off, Jalen Daniels should be feeling a little bit better. So very interesting game. I think it'd be worth watching that line move, where, as you said, we've already seen some Kansas money on it. Holiday Bowl, San Diego, North Carolina, and Oregon. I believe, as of record, this is the biggest spread out there. Oregon laying 13 against North Carolina. North Carolina lost their final three games, did not look really impressive in any of them. We have not heard from Josh Downs yet. I would be surprised if he played UNC star wide receiver. Bunch of portal news. They just lost their offensive coordinator, did North Carolina. However, Drake May is going to play. A lot of portal news for Oregon, too. Um, Of note, Christian Gonzalez, one of their defensive backs, he has opted out of this game. Bo Nix is expected to return. No officialness there. Um, Justin Flo, big name that that hits the portal. So a bunch of portal news there. But uh, big movement towards Oregon here in this spot. Well, and some news that broke about uh, a couple hours before we start recording here. Storm Duck. Yes, another also portal. Also out uh, for North Carolina. He'll be transferring. Hopefully he winds up at Oregon because that'd be kind of fun having a player named Storm Duck being an Oregon duck. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought it was really interesting not to dive too deep into the weeds on this game. Something we can talk about going forward, but the offensive coordinator leaves and the quarterback pretty much immediately says, yeah, I'm staying. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting thing. I'm sure that that says a lot about his relationship with Phil Longo. So I don't know if that really matters in this game per se. But, you know, maybe it gives some credence to North Carolina and Drake May being better next year. All right. Another bowl game on December 28th, Mississippi at Texas Tech. Houston, Texas, the site of this game, NRG Stadium. Uh, I bet Texas Tech today, plus three and a half. I think you're going to get a very motivated Red Raiders squad. First year uh, of that regime down there. I don't know what you're going to get from Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin is returning, um, but they've kind of just, you know, thrown in the towel on this season and you're playing a mid-level bowl game against a motivated team as for the opt-out situation uh doesn't look like anyone has really opted out of note in these two games so something to note there texas tech finishing strong though winning and covering their final three games of the season including that win over oklahoma so i think texas tech is worth a look here because I think uh, that squad and uh, their fan base sold out their ticket allotment in like an hour or something like that. So I think they're going to be pretty juiced up to play in this one. Uh, Give me the three and a half with the Red Raiders. Yeah, a lot of excitement with that Texas Tech program, the new regime. Also, they brought Joey McGuire in to be the head coach because he recruits so well. So these are important games when you get this spotlight, you know, in Houston, Texas, a standalone game essentially for them where there are other bowl games, but that's the only one that they'll worry about in the state of Texas that day. Uh, for Ole Miss, their offensive line coach, Jake Thornton, went to Auburn. That's that's about the only thing for Ole Miss. December 29th, Minnesota at Syracuse. You can have it. Um, Syracuse, <laughs> uh, Syracuse struggled down the stretch. Opt-out-wise, uh, don't see much of no transfer portal-wise either. Uh, Tanner Morgan, I, I think he's... Done, right? Is he done, I think, for the season well, for Minnesota? About an hour ago here, uh, Nebraska is hiring Syracuse's defensive coordinator, Tony White, to be their defensive coordinator. So Syracuse, let's be honest, they're losing their best coach in advance of this bowl game because their defense was pretty good this year with Tony White. Yeah, so that is a, a significant note right there. Syracuse, a 7.5 or 8-point underdog. I would expect that line to go up, too, without their defensive coordinator now. 
Middle of the day on December 29th, the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, one of two Cheez-It Bowls. Uh, Oklahoma, Florida State. Uh, I would look at Florida State. I think they're going to be very motivated under Mike Norvell. And uh, Oklahoma, yes, year one of uh, of the era down there, but um, we'll see how motivated they are. This is going to be a pro Florida State crowd, obviously, this game being or- in Orlando. I uh, haven't seen, though, really much line movement at all. Open eight at Circa, got to seven, back to seven and a half. So that's where we stand on that one. Uh, Opt-out-wise, you're seeing Oklahoma be very busy in a lot of things, but uh, nothing of note there. Um, And uh, Jordan Travis announced he is coming back, so they will have their quarterback. Uh, I guess keep an eye on some of the, you know, Jared Verse, the transfer from Albany, uh, who had a big-time year. Uh, He could opt out, but I think Florida State, when you talk about uh, confidence picks, how, how high was Florida State for you? They're number one for me. Yeah. The multiple players have already opted out for Oklahoma. Eric Gray, they're running back. They've got an offensive tackle, Anton Harrison. They actually be missing two offensive tackles in this game. And, you know, Oklahoma just disappointing first year for Brent Venables, I would say. Last game to note on December 29th, the Alamo Bowl. It is uh, Texas laying six. I'm a little surprised by this number. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. at the team um, award dinner announced he was returning for his 12th season of college football for the Washington Huskies. And uh, Texas, no word yet, but would be stunned if B. John Robinson plays in this game. Obviously, Texas playing in the Alamo Dome uh, will have uh, certainly a home field advantage there. Uh, when it comes to opt-outs and transfers, you know, Hudson Card hit the transfer portal. Uh, you can look at some other potential opt-outs there, so keep an eye on uh, Washington as for Washington, nothing really of note when it comes to opt-outs. And once again, Michael Penix is playing. Yeah, the Steve Sarkeesian Bowl here. Uh, head coach at Texas, former offensive coordinator at Washington. Um, yeah, nobody knows really about Bijan Robinson. He hasn't announced anything here, so we'll see. Obviously, it's a, a wait-and-see situation in that bowl game. But being surprised with the line, I, I tend to agree with you in the sense that Texas has kind of been overrated all year long, I think, from a power rating standpoint, looking at a lot of their numbers I don't think they're as good as their power rating, but you know we'll see if they're able to hold up here as a big favorite. December 30th, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Nor- uh, Maryland, North Carolina State. Maryland, a slight favorite in this one. Uh, Dante Demas, wide receiver for Maryland, has opted out. He will be headed to the pros. Devin Leary, who's out for the year with injury, he is uh, headed out of NC State. They've had to deal with all sorts of injuries at the quarterback position. Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator for NC State, is the new head coach of Coastal Carolina. This is a quasi home game for the Wolfpack. This game only being about two hours away from Raleigh in Charlotte, but Maryland also not too far away, about a six, seven hour drive. Maryland uh, impressive last year in their bowl win over Virginia Tech is a very motivated team. So uh, anything of note here in the Dukes Mayo Bowl? I think Tim Beck leaving is addition by subtraction. For, for NC State, I don't think he's a good offensive coordinator. I think they, they kind of squandered a lot of things here this year. Um, but, you know, I don't really have much much more than that. I mean, Virginia Tech was just, last year they had no interest in that bowl game in the pinstripe bowl. So I don't know if I want to take too much away from that one from Maryland last year. Uh, Pitt and UCLA, bowl, a lot of line movement today uh, as of we're recording this on Thursday the 8th. The Sun Bowl and uh, Brett McMurphy, uh Action Network's uh, NFL, uh, college football reporter came on with uh, Sean King and myself on Thursday or Wednesday night and said, uh, take seven with Pittsburgh. And that line is pretty much gone. There's a six and a half out there. Um, and I think it's always an indicator when there's a six and a half out there and, and it's five at Circa. Mm, something's up there. Uh, I, th- I would be surprised if Dorian Thompson Robinson plays in this bowl game. And I think that might be preemptively uh, the move there, obviously, you know, Keaton Slovis has opted out uh, and is hitting the transfer portal for Pittsburgh. But is that that big of a deal? I, I would look at Pitt maybe potentially here. Yeah, I mean, if DTR doesn't play, is is that kind of indicative just of his you know individual plan? Or is it about maybe UCLA and their engagement level for this bowl game? I think it's kind of a fair question to ask and one that maybe we'll have a little bit more clarity on when we get into next week. But also, I mean, the, the guys that are behind Keaton Slovis here, 32 combined pass attempts this season. I mean, Nick Patty had been uh, you know, starter previous. I think last year he, he started a couple of games, but 
I don't, to me, if, if DTR doesn't play or if you think DTR is not going to play, it's got to be the under in this game, right? Because mm-hmm. I just don't see a whole lot of offense from either one of these teams if that's the case. Yeah, and you've seen a little bit of movement sitting at 58, 57 and a half. Also, you can get cold in El Paso, man. <laughs> there, there could be some games that players are like, I don't want to be here. Uh, Gator also Bowl. Also elevation in that game too, by the way. Gator Bowl, line movement here uh, and opt-outs. Notre Dame, South Carolina, year one of Marcus Freeman, year two of Shane Beamer. Uh, opt-outs, Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, Notre Dame defensive end uh, Isaiah Foskey just opted out of this game, and also Drew Pine, starting quarterback, oddly enough, hit the transfer portal. He will not be playing in this game, so we will either say Steve Angeli, a true freshman, or Tyler Buckner, because Marcus Freeman said he is full go. Notre Dame's still a favorite here in this game. I would not lay points with the Irish. As for uh, where we sit for South Carolina, um, I believe they've got a couple opt-outs. I believe Cam Smith, their corner, has opted out. Um, so they've got a couple guys to keep an eye on, a couple wide receivers. I do believe, has it been confirmed that uh, uh, Spencer Rattler is playing? I believe he is expected to play in this bowl game. I think both teams will be motivated. Probably South Carolina slightly more motivated. Uh, and uh, South Carolina, Columbia, only four-hour drive to Jacksonville. Yeah, I would expect South Carolina to be very, very well represented. There's more excitement around this program than we've seen in, in quite some time. But they will be missing Jaheim Bell. Their tight end, 25 catches, 231 yards, couple touchdowns. Uh, he is in the transfer portal, among a few other guys, for the Gamecocks as well. All right. Uh, also on December 30th, uh, can we just skip over Wyoming, Ohio? Do we got anything on Wyoming, Ohio? Uh, the only thing I have is Craig Bull is outstanding in the postseason dating back to North Dakota state and also in bowl games here with Wyoming. Uh, he is phenomenal in the bowl season. So that's about the only thing that I would have, um, you know, for Ohio, you know, Tim Albin, uh, and, and I believe his first bowl game, I don't think Ohio made a bowl game last year. So they may be a coaching mismatch in this game. I, I would say our first new year, six game will be the evening of December 30th, eight o'clock Eastern hard rock stadium, Clemson laying six and a half. It looks like that game got to seven and seven and start the, those sevens got scooped up. Um, I don't know the motivation for Tennessee in this spot as their season was on the precipice of winning a national championship. Now you're in the orange bowl. Hendon hooker obviously is out for the Vols, uh, DJ Uyunglele has hit the transfer portal. Cade Klubnik took over as they won the ACC championship. Uh, other notable uh, departures uh, to note in this game. Yeah, I don't. I, I just man, like the going to Klubnik. I think just it sends the right message for next season for Clemson. So. Even at six and a half, I would really have to take a look at them. We'll see how Joe Milton looks, though. Also, keep an eye on uh, the defensive linemen uh, on Clemson's roster. A lot of potential high round picks there. Could they be looking to opt out? Eric Gray opted out uh, for Tennessee, I believe. So, uh, oh, and Alex Golish, their offensive coordinator, yes. going to U- U- uh, USF. So uh, those uh, those of note. All right, December thirty first, maybe my favorite bowl game. That would be the Music City Bowl. A total lower. <laughs> Then the Army Navy game, Iowa and Kentucky. Uh, Iowa, or sorry, let's start with Kentucky. No Will Levis, no Chris Rodriguez. Iowa is had a bunch of dudes hit the transfer portal here. Uh, I don't know who's going to be their starting quarterback for this game. This game is tremendous in so many ways. I hope it is like the Sun Bowl in 2008 when Oregon State beat Pitt three to nothing. Uh, that would be wonderful to see something like that. Uh, Spencer Petrus is out for this game. Padilla hit the transfer portal. <laughs> the quarterbacks in this game. I have no idea. God, I love this game so much. Uh, look, I mean, Iowa's opted out of offense all season long. So I guess it kind of makes sense that, you know, they have quarterbacks in the portal and all that. Um, look, I think the one thing we can say about this game is that both fan bases will be incredibly inebriated to go to this game in Nashville, Nashville, baby. I mean, you got to go have some fun on Broadway if you're going to go sit in what could be bad weather and watch what's just going to be a, a complete mess of a game. We're not going to hit on the playoff because that is a game that doesn't have any opt-out situations. But this game, same time, the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, Alabama only laying three now against Kansas State. I would be stunned if Bryce Young plays in this game no official nature to that so many guys that could opt out will anderson jordan battle 
uh, Malachi Moore, Jameer Gibbs. I, from my understanding, none of these guys have opted out yet. Tons of other dudes have hit the portal. So I don't know who the hell is showing up for Alabama. As for Kansas State, this team's going to be beyond fired up to play in this game. So there's a reason the line is sitting at three because Lord knows what your power rating would be for this game if everyone's playing. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely a really interesting game. We'll have to wait and see what kind of happens in terms of all the news and and the timing of when it actually breaks here. Uh, I do have Kansas, or I have Alabama a seven and a half point favorite with Bryce Young. So see if he plays. But you know what, Chris Kleiman, as good as he's been at Kansas State, lost to Navy in his first bowl game, the Liberty Bowl in 2019. Last year, they played a helpless LSU team that had what 37 scholarship players on it. We don't really have a whole lot of knowledge here on Chris Kleiman, I don't think. So if Alabama is somewhere near full strength, and I don't think that they will be, uh, three and a half is cheap on them. So if you think that Bryce Young is going to play, I think they're worth taking, honestly. I don't think he's going to play, though. I don't think so either. But I would wait and see what happens, unless you want to be preemptive. All right, January 2nd, we'll run through these games quickly, get on out of here. Rely Quest Bowl, Tampa, Florida. Poor went out for the Outback Bowl. Should be the Outback Bowl. Pony up, Outback Bowl. Illinois, Mississippi State. Mike Leach sucks in bowl games, um, just putting it bluntly. And uh, his what if one of his starting running backs uh, opted out and hit the transfer portal saying he wasn't tough enough to play for, for Mississippi State. Uh, Mike Leach, 3-9 and nine ATS in the postseason. Um, I think Illinois would be fav- excited for this game. Other opt-out news. Uh, you've seen the market, by the way, move in favor of the Illini. Opened as a dog, now a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I, I kind of like Illinois here, to be totally honest with you. I mean, this is a team that doesn't go bowling often. The last time they went was the Red Box Bowl with Lovey Smith. That didn't go particularly well against Cal. Illinois hasn't won a bowl game since 2011. I, I think they want this one. I think Burt's a pretty good coach. Um, I, I, I would take Illinois here. All right, USC Tulane, Sean King's alma mater. They're going to be fired up to be in the Cotton Bowl, representing the group of five teams, the AAC champions, and the line is indicating that. And I think the line is also indicating Caleb Williams is not going to play in this game. Uh, you see at Circa right now a pick. Uh, other one and a halfs out there. Official opt-out news is what in regards to this game with USC and Tulane uh, heading on January 2nd? Yeah, there's not really a whole lot, right? I mean, USC... It's just a matter of if Caleb Williams opts out due to injury. Jordan Addison, I would imagine, is going to opt out too. But he's also been hurt too, right? Yeah. He's been banged up as well. So I think it's just you're getting a shorthanded, likely, you know, USC team. Honestly, like my power rating is way off on this game, but that also implies Caleb Williams playing, which I agree with you. I don't think happens. And the line is telling us that as well. Um, Big opportunity for Tulane, that's for sure. Final two ones to hit on the Citrus Bowl on January 2nd. once again, Jeff Brom out. Uh, hopefully you guys joined us on VEASAN primetime or caught Brad Powers' uh, best bet uh, because he said he was going to lay the eight with LSU because Kayshawn Booty was coming back. Um, it's now up to 11 in favor of the Bayou Bengals. Jeff Brom is obviously no longer the head coach of Purdue. Yeah, and, and look, you know, one of the things I think is really important to talk about this game is a long, long, long way away, January 2nd, Gives Jaden Daniels the chance to get healthy, which he obviously means a ton to that LSU team. Add in a healthy Daniels, Brom gone. I think there's only one thing you can do with this game. All right, final one to hit on in a bowl game that you really like. The Rose Bowl, January 2nd, Penn State and Utah. Joey Porter Jr. has opted out of this game for Penn State. Tavion Thomas opted out you know, before the end of the season due to injury. Uh, Dalton Kincaid was all sorts of banged up in uh down the stretch there but as you mentioned you got about a month to recuperate uh and uh one thing i'll note we had on um a radio host from salt lake city hans olsen and this was before the pac-12 championship and he said kyle whittingham thought about retiring last year wanted to run it back with his team and really 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 wants to win a rose bowl i think utah's gonna be incredibly motivated i think penn state's gonna be motivated too but just pure handicap, I think, Utah here. But as for opt-outs and other things like that, anything else to note? Yeah, I took Utah minus two and a half, and a lot of those are disappearing now. So I definitely think if you like Utah, try to find a two and a half now because I think this line going to three and possibly higher. I think there's a huge coaching mismatch in this game. Not a whole lot of news to it, um, but you know, as you mentioned, Utah was in the Rose Bowl, almost beat Ohio State last year. 
Penn State is not on Ohio State's level. I like Utah a lot. All right. That is going to do it. Hopefully this was helpful. Just running through all the bowl games at the opt-outs as of time of record here on a Thursday afternoon, December the 8th. We'll have a full preview for bowl games next Thursday. Matt Newman's back in the saddle. And make sure to stick with us. Follow Adam on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. I'm at once in Murray. VEASAN.com for all of our bowl content. Our bowl betting guide is already out. Adam was a part of that as well. So a lot of bowl content certainly coming out. Uh, I'll wrap up by saying go mids. I'm on Navy to win this weekend. Rate, review, subscribe. Lots more bowl content coming your way starting next week right here on the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.